of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. From a kitchen in Indiana, this is No Butts About It. And today we have a lot to talk about. And today is also Friday because I didn't realize yesterday was Thursday. And so I didn't record and post. But nonetheless, we've got stuff to talk about. Uh, we got a couple young guys who are setting some lofty goals for their teams. And uh, we have some updates on the D-Hop situation along with the Baker Mayfield situation. We have all that and more coming at you today. So uh, first, we're just going to run through some updates, uh, the D-Hop situation. So DeAndre Hopkins obviously got suspended for PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, uh, six games. So he'd only be allowed to play in 11 games this upcoming season. Uh, however, according to ArizonaSports.com in an article by Jake Anderson, the uh, he said, uh, hopefully before the season starts, maybe we can get the games down a little bit. It wasn't on me. I'm pretty much a naturopathic person. But what it was is it's called Osterine. There was 0.1% found in my system. And if you know what that is, you know it's contamination, not something directly taken. So... Apparently, this is according to Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk on the Pat McAfee Show. They said that it's very hard to not take something that's on the banned substance list because it's in a lot of supplements. A lot of the stuff that is banned is in the supplements but might not necessarily be FDA approved or isn't in uh, on the list of things that is on there. So it might be hidden in something you're taking that you think is fine. But really, it's not because it's got something hidden in it. However, D-Hop did say, I don't take any supplements. I've never taken supplements. I barely take vitamins. So for something like that to happen to me, obviously, I was shocked. But my team and I were still trying to figure out what was going on. So Osterine is not FDA approved. Um, it is a type of drug that is a selective androgen receptor modulator. So that's used for performance enhancement. And this does bring D-Hop's career into question a little bit, but 0.1% is not a lot, obviously. So maybe it could be the case that it was what was left in his system for when he took it, but he's arguing it was leftover from contamination from something else, and he never took it directly or intentionally. So that's what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they're going to keep the six-game suspension. We don't know. We'll have to see. I know DeAndre Hopkins is electric. He seems like a great guy on and off the field. 
So would love to see him week one. I don't think that's going to happen, though. But he'll be fun to watch week seven when he's back, I'm sure. Okay, sticking with stuff from the Pat McAfee show uh, that people are saying on there, Jordan Schultz said that around the league it's kind of well-known, it's kind of held onto as an idea that Deion, that Baker Mayfield is an immature quarterback in the locker room, that he kind of was handed the leadership position too early, first-round pick, number one pick from the 2018 draft, and it, he just hasn't handled it well. Um, teams maybe didn't really like him for that. So that could be an issue. That could be why he hasn't gotten traded yet. That's according to Jordan Schultz. And if that happens, then it's kind of hard for teams to want to be interested in you. And so I think this is an instance where we're going to have to look at Baker Mayfield and see how he handles this situation. So far, I think he's handled it pretty well. He hasn't really gone off and said F you to the Browns yet. He's just kind of chilling. He said he's saddened by the movement. So I don't know if this is necessarily a chance for Baker Mayfield to grow or not. I think it is personally. And hopefully if something does happen with Deshaun Watson where he's not able to play, they do give Baker Mayfield the chance to step up. But according to Aaron Wilson, that's not going to happen. It is being rumored that the Browns are expected to move forward with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback if Deshaun Watson gets a lengthy suspension rather than trying to reconcile with Baker Mayfield, which means those ties are cut. But maybe Baker Mayfield is given the opportunity to be the bigger guy, show that he's matured, show that he can be that guy, and then he can be traded next season or in the middle of the season to another team because he's shown his maturity. That'll help his trade value a lot. Okay, so moving on to another thing we've been talking about a lot is Tyreek Hill. Obviously, he's been kind of talking a bit about how he thinks Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes, which statistically is true by about 1%. Um, But Tyreek Hill is now also saying he has gotten multiple death threats due to his comments saying Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. That's what he told TMZ. Now, are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. Why would you give a guy death threats for saying one quarterback is better than another quarterback? He didn't say Patrick Mahomes was a jerk. He didn't say Patrick Mahomes was a bad quarterback. He even said in the interview, Patrick Mahomes has the stronger arm. He said that. He just said Tua is more accurate. And I don't know who's sending him death threats, whether it's Chiefs fans, Patrick Mahomes fans, just random people, random trolls on the internet, but they need to calm down because Tyreek Hill, he's just trying to play football. Patrick Mahomes said that they don't really have beef personally. Tua is going to be his guy. Patrick Mahomes is going to be his guy, and Tyreek is trying to be his own guy. No need to send death threats to these guys just for trying to play football. They're just trying to have fun out there and play a game that they love and that they're lucky enough to get paid to play. So now uh, moving on to some some uh, hot takes, if you will, that some players are throwing out there. Let's uh, start with Micah Parsons and the Cowboys first. So Micah Parsons was a rookie last season, rookie defensive player of the year. 
He was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year as well, I think, which I think he would have been the first player since Lawrence Taylor to pull that one off. He did not. T.J. Watt got Defensive Player of the Year. But uh, he told um, Cody Benjamin of CBS Sports that 15 sacks is the minimum. He's going to get 15 sacks minimum. That's his goal. He's aiming for the sack record. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work out. They may use him more as a player who is able to get those sacks, or maybe they'll move him back. I forget. He moved around a lot. I forget what his official position is. Um, let me look that up. He's a linebacker, so maybe they use him more of a defensive end position so he's quicker to get to the quarterback. But T.J. Watt, who had 22 and a half sacks last season, is also a linebacker, and so it's definitely possible. Those two are probably going to be racing for the sack record between each other. He had Micah Parsons had 13 sacks last, last season. So 15 is not that far off. Definitely could see him getting it. I don't know if he's going to get that sack record, though, because I believe it's 23, so he'd still be about eight off. But 15's the goal right now. It's realistic based on what he got last season. It's a little less than one sack per game. I think Mike has got that. I think Micah Parsons is capable of it. Um, We'll just have to see what happens, though. Now, uh, moving up to the NFC North, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson, who we talked about a little bit in uh, the last episode of No Butts About It, he was in our top 10s list, or my top 10 list for wide receivers this season. And obviously, he's putting himself up there. He's saying that he wants to be a Hall of Famer, obviously, and that he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he has to be the top guy. He has to be in the top three consistently. He has been in the top 10 consistently since he uh, was drafted in 2020, in my opinion. He is a guy. He's got some amazing moves, amazing footwork, amazing lateral. He said that it's an endless list that I want to accomplish. At the end of the day, I want to be a Hall of Famer. So in order to reach that, that position is so much more that I have to accomplish. So much more that I have to set for myself to better myself and really to learn. I just can't wait to really just see how far I can really go. End quote. So he is already starting out strong. He thinks he can be a Hall of Famer. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's got the trajectory right now. So right now, we're we're two for two on these guys who have set goals for themselves. And I'm going to agree with it. I think if he maintains this trajectory, Justin Jefferson could be in the Hall of Fame. And assuming he has a lengthy career, I think we will be seeing him for a long time as well. Uh, For a summary, since entering the league in 2020, Jefferson leads the league with 3,016 yards. And that is the most receiving yards in a player's first two seasons in NFL history. That is according to NFL Network or NFL.com. And he also uh, needs 1,148 yards in 2022 to set the NFL record for most yards in a player's first three seasons, which was set by another Vikings wide receiver who is already in the Hall of Fame, Randy Moss. So 1,148 yards is possible, but 
he's going to be pushing it. That's, I think he can do it, though. I think Justin Jefferson, he's got 15.4 yards per reception. He's got a good run after catch. I'm pretty sure that he's going to be one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets again. And so the 1,148 yards might come quicker than we expect. I think Justin Jefferson can pull it off. So Randy Moss, you might want to watch out for your record because I think another Viking is coming after it. And finally, we have C.J. Mosley saying that the playoffs are a realistic goal for the Jets in 2022. Now, the bang- I believe Joe Burrow and the Bengals said something similar last season, and they went to the Super Bowl. And we've had Stan the Jet fan on the show to talk about whether or not we think the Jets are going to be playoff contenders. I I don't know, really, here. So here's, here's why I don't know. I think if they are going to be contenders, it's going to be the bottom of the wildcard position, and they're going to have to knock the Patriots off. AFC West is going to be huge. They're probably going to have a lot of teams, at least two teams, probably the Chargers and the Chiefs. Maybe the Broncos or the Raiders, though. Those That's a crazy division. The North could also have two teams. You got the Ravens and the Bengals. Steelers are still rebuilding. Ravens pro or not Ravens. Browns probably won't, especially if Deshaun gets suspended. Uh, AFC South. Colts are probably going to get in. I doubt the Titans get in with the loss of A.J. Brown. Texans and uh, Jaguars also most likely will not be getting in. So that's probably Colts only out of that division. And then the East, AFC East, that's going to be a fun one to watch as well. I think the West and the East are going to be the two best AFC divisions to watch this season. We have... A ton of stuff going on over there. We have Tua and Tyreek. We have no idea how that hookup's going to work. According to Tyreek, it's going to be great because he's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. He's saying Tua's more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. And he likes the way he's being used with the Dolphins. He likes the way Mike Daniels is using him. But, of course, there's also the thing that's been looming over the AFC East for decades, and that is Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You just can't count them out. You can't count out the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's gone, but Mac Jones got him to the playoffs still last season. And it's, it's Bill Belichick, possibly the greatest professional NFL coach in NFL history. But then you're still not done. You've got those two teams, and you've got the Buffalo Bills, who are, again, the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, and they're considered the best team in the league. Now, they have been for the last few years because Josh Allen has been a stud. They've had Stephon Diggs, who is another stud, another probably top 10 receiver. Uh, they need a run game. They need a stronger run game, but they beefed up their defense that was already number one when they signed Von Miller. They brought in Von Miller. They need to show, give me some stuff to run the ball with because I don't want Josh Allen being the leading rusher on the team again like he was last year. But they're a team. They are that. Gabriel Davis stepped up last season. They got Stefan Diggs. Von Miller, Josh Allen, 
Devin Singletary's decent. He's not a running back one, but he can move the ball if he needs to. Jordan Poyer's a great uh, safety. They have a team. The Buffalo Bills are going to win that division. I'm certain of it. The question then lies with who's going to get second and third in the division. I think reasonably, I think it's reasonable that the Jets could get third. And C.J. Mosley is saying playoffs are bust. And he thinks it's realistic this year. They went 4-13 and last season. C.J. Mosley is right, though. They've got Brees Hall. They got C.J. Uzama. It seems like the Jets spent a ton of money this offseason. They're getting a lot of great guys. Uh, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. They had Jermaine Johnson. That Sauce Gardner might have been the best player out of the draft. We don't know yet, obviously, but he has that possibility. And if he is, the, quote, green gang is, or gang green, excuse me, is potentially going to cause some issues in the East. Maybe they're going to knock off the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots are going to the bottom. Um, I don't think they're going to knock off the Bills, but they could split with the Dolphins. And after that, it's just going to come down to whether the Dolphins or the Jets win more games and how things fall out. Because there have been instances where good teams, better teams are knocked out of the playoffs just by the way the playoffs are set up. And the way that the wins have occurred. So maybe the Jets do get in. The Jets are going to have to work hard. This is a year where two AFC East quarterbacks are going to have to work hard to prove themselves, in my opinion. Zach Wilson is going to need to make better decisions. He made some rookie throws, which he was a rookie, so that's fine. That caused him to get intercepted, and it caused them to lose some games. Tua also made some uh, questionable throws last season and caused them to lose some games. Both of these guys had a team built around them. Both of them had a ton of guys put behind them, in front of them, and to the sides of them to catch their throws. So they're running out of excuses. Zach Wilson may have an extra year, another year, but I think Tua... Tua's going to have to show off this year and prove that he can be the Dolphins franchise quarterback if they are going to do well with him and keep him because like it was in 2019, they were tanking for Tua and now it's time for Tua to step up. They got Mike McDaniels, very creative play caller, Kyle Shanahan tree, uh, C.J. Mosley's a great cornerback, or, excuse me, Xavier Howard is a great cornerback, and I believe that the Dolphins could do it, but I can also kind of see where C.J. Mosley's coming from in saying that the Jets going to the playoffs is realistic. I think it's much more likely that the Jets, or that the Dolphins do it, but it's possible. It is definitely possible. It's the NFL. The Bengals went to the Super Bowl this season after having one of the worst seasons in the NFL last year. So 
It's it's realistic to see. Then uh, Peyton Manning is out here hyping up some guys, including the Colts' new quarterback, which Peyton Manning knows about playing with the Colts. He won a Super Bowl with them. Um, so he said that Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan will both probably be successful in their new homes, Denver and Indianapolis, respectively. Uh, he thinks that they're both well-equipped equi- quarterbacks. Russell Wilson has a lot of playoff experience. Matt Ryan has been in the league for a long time. Um, they have high expectations. They know what they've got to do to work with the team to get to the Super Bowl. It's it's going to be interesting in the AFC. I feel like all of the news this season is coming out of the AFC, and the NFC is just kind of sitting over there like, we got Brady back and Gronk retired, and that's all they're holding on to. Because, honestly, in the NFC, the Rams might just run it back. If any indicator, I, I don't know who would be competitive with the Rams other than the Buccaneers. And I don't know that Brady losing Gronk is going to hurt. it might hurt them enough because i don't know that oj howard oj howard isn't even on the buccaneers anymore but i think losing gronk could be enough of an issue for the buccaneers that the rams just run it back so maybe we'll get in a situation where it's just whoever gets out of the bloody war that is the afc gets to play the rams and the rams are going to run it back we'll see I don't know. Happy Friday, y'all. Go do something nice for someone. The world's a mean place right now, so go hold a door, pay for someone's gas. See y'all later.